أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ويقول الذين كفروا لولا أنزل عليه آية من ربه قل إن الله يضل من يشاء ويهدي إليه من أناب الذين آمنوا وتطمئن قلوبهم بذكر الله ألا بذكر الله تطمئن القلوب الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات طوبى لهم وحسن مآب بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وبه نستعين ونصلي ونسلم على خاتم النبيين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل لقدة من لساني يفقه قولي My dear brothers and sisters in Islam I just landed a few moments ago and I lost my voice uh, on the flight coming in. Uh, we've been trying everything in our capacity to bring it back. Alhamdulillah, you can hear me. Um, so please uh, expect a slightly different presentation from me. Uh, one with a slightly thinner voice and uh, with a little less uh, enthusiasm. But inshallah, if you support me with your enthusiasm, we'll get there bidnillahi ta'ala. <coughs> May Allah grant us all cure. Ameen. All praises belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We seek His assistance and we seek His forgiveness and we seek His guidance and we seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the evil of our souls and the adverse consequences of our deeds. Whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides, then none can misguide. And whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala misguides, then none can guide. And peace and salutations be upon the final messenger. Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship besides one Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his messenger. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, I am about to greet you with the greetings of Islam. I just want to give you a heads up. So when I greet you, you respond. So we don't have to redo it. Obviously, I have limited voice left, okay? Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakumullahu khairan. May the peace and blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon you all. My dear brothers and sisters, all praises belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who commanded us towards everything that is good for us. And all praises belongs to Him for commanding us towards remembering Him after we worship Him. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَإِذَا أَفَضْتُمْ مِنْ عَرَفَاتِ فَاذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ عِنْدَ الْمَشْعَرِ الْحَرَامِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after a Muslim spends his or her day 
worshipping him on the plains of Arafah, on the day of Arafah, Allah commands this Muslim after worshipping Allah on Arafah to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as he makes his or her way to Muzdalifah. Shukran. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and this further substantiates how he's commanded us to remember him after we've worshipped him. He says subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَإِذَا قَضَيْتُمُ الصَّلَاةَ فَاذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ قِيَامًا وَقُعُودًا وَعَلَى جُنُوبِكُمْ Allah says that when you finish the prayer, when you complete the prayer, <coughs> when you complete the prayer, then remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while standing and while sitting and whilst on your sides. So all praises belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for making dhikr and the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ibadah, an act of worship after an act of worship. And all praises belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well for commanding us towards dhikr after we work. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Jumu'ah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَإِذَا قُضِيَتِ الصَّلَاةُ فَانْتَشِرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَابْتَغُوا مِنْ فَضْلِ اللَّهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He commands us after the Jumu'ah prayer to march forth into the world and seek and search for the provisions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed. And then Allah says, He commands us towards remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abundantly. So all praise belongs to Allah from the beginning and at the beginning. And all praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the end. My dear brothers and sisters, the topic that has been asked of me today is an ayah, and in particular ayah number 28 from Surah Al-Ra'ad, Surah Al-Ra'ad, which is a famous chapter in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In this ayah, and I opened this talk with this ayah, in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that it is Allah who guides those who have faith and whose hearts find peace in the remembrance of Allah. And truly in the remembrance of Allah do the hearts find peace. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this ayah that we love to recite and we love for the imam to recite and we love for other people to recite even if we don't understand it. This ayah, has a, it resonates with us. In this ayah that we love, my dear brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that indeed in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does this heart become alive? Does this heart become soft? Does this heart find peace? Does this heart find tranquility? Does this heart find contentment? It is the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that amplifies all the beautiful qualities of our hearts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes this manifestly clear in this particular ayah. And subhanallah, if we just look at how expressive the Quran is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't say that uh, in, you know, uh, if we look at the makeup of the ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
Allah didn't say Allah didn't say that it is you know those who believe their hearts find peace in the remembrance of Allah because if the ayah was set in this way one could understand from it that our hearts find peace in the remembrance of Allah and in other things which are not the remembrance of Allah Allah didn't say Allah said there's a difference for those who understand the language. It is as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that there is no way that your heart can find peace and contentment and tranquility except through the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's a difference, you know, between the statement in the remembrance of Allah, does your heart find peace? And the statement your heart will never find peace except in the remembrance of Allah. And I hope you can uh, feel this difference in this rough translation that I've shared. So this ayah truly is amazing and it's manifest and it substantiates the reality of the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with regards to our hearts. And that is why my dear brothers and sisters, it is only the believers who can truly, truly experience happiness in this life. If you understand this ayah, you will see subhanallah, it is only the believers that they can, can experience true happiness. Yes, those who are not from the family of Islam, they say that we are happy, right? They say we are happy, but they only have experienced a portion of happiness. They have not experienced true elation. For Allah tells us that true elation can only come through the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And those who can truly remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are those who have declared Allah as one and those who have accepted the prophecy of Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that is why everyone sitting here today from the family of La ilaha illallah, you should understand that La ilaha illallah has given you a weapon, has given you a precedence that those who are not from the family of the shahada, they don't have. You have it. You have the ability to be truly happy. But you have to flick the switch. You have to engage this weapon. You have to activate the precedence that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. You have to understand dhikr and the importance of dhikr and the virtues of dhikr. And you need to understand why you should be desperate to be from the believers that remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you understand why you should be desperate, then inshallah you will engage this act of worship in a greater way. Bismillah, today as we move along, inshallah, from uh, this particular platform, I'll try and share with you certain insights regarding dhikr. Perhaps it will be an inspiration for you all, especially with the coming of the month of Ramadan, that month which is a podium and platform for us to launch ourselves from onto newer and better and greater things. ta'ala. My dear brothers and sisters, dhikr, as we have seen, has a mighty podium in Islam. And we are commanded towards it and encouraged to it in many places in the Quran and the Sunnah. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Ahzab, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu dhkurullaha dhikran kathira wasabbihuhu bukratan wa asila Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He commands the, the believers, He says, O oh, you who believe, Remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abundantly. Now Allah commands us to many acts of worship in the Quran. But it is only with dhikr that he says abundantly. Remember Allah a lot. Allah says observe the salah. 
pay the zakah. But when he talks about dhikr, he says, remember Allah a lot. And this doesn't mean that salah is not important. Because in reality, salah is dhikr as well. This doesn't mean zakah is not important. Because in reality, zakah is dhikr as well. Because it is only done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So really, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is commanding us to worship Him a lot, generally, and also specifically to keep our tongues moist with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That salah has its times in the day. Zakah has its time in the year. Fasting has its month in the year. Hajj has its days in your lifetime. But dhikr... Is not, it's not compelled to a particular second or a particular minute or day or week or month or year. It is something that should be with you throughout your life. Thus Allah says, remember Allah abundantly. Why my dear brothers and sisters? Because Allah has blessed us with many, many more minutes than we need to observe a hajj. With many, many more minutes than we need to fast the month of Ramadan. With many, many more minutes than we need to observe the five times daily salah. We know we need one month to live through Ramadan. But Allah keeps us alive for 60 to 70 years on average. As was the teaching of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Hajj is compulsory once in a lifetime. But we know people who've been alive for so many years. And they've done hajj tens of times subhanallah. Salah is compulsory five times a day. But by Allah, I ask you, how many years of your life have you completed? So Allah gives us many, many more minutes outside these acts of worship. And if we keep those minutes revived with the remembrance of Allah, with the tongue moist, remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then indeed we are from the successful for some of the reasons I will share just now. Thus, when Allah says, remember Allah, He says, وَذْكُرُ kathira." Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he also says in Surah Al-Ahzab, Allah mentions the praiseworthy people and the acts of worship that they do. They are people that pray. They are people that fast. They do so many amazing things. But when he speaks about them and their dhikr, he says they are people who not just remember Allah, but they remember Allah abundantly. This term kathir, is attached to dhikr in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in many a place, my dear brothers and sisters. So here we see subhanallah, you know, even in, in, in another ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That remember your Lord a lot. Remember your Lord abundantly and praise Allah at the beginning of the day and praise Allah at the end of the day. And that is why we know from the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was to have a dua before sleeping and to have the supplications of the evening. And then he would wake up in the morning and the first thing he would do is read the dua for waking up. Alhamdulillahi ahyana, remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And after the fajr prayer, engaging his day with the adhkar and supplication of the morning. This is the command from Allah. And Allah says, and remember your Lord a lot. He doesn't just say, and remember your Lord. He says, and remember your Lord a lot. My dear brothers and sisters, the fact that Allah time and time again is saying, remember Allah, remember Allah, remember Allah, remember Allah, remember Allah a lot. After you worship Allah, remember Him. After you work, remember Allah, remember Allah, remember Allah, subhanallah. What does this teach us? You know, I was teaching in Dubai yesterday or just the day before about Ramadan. About Ramadan. And subhanallah, Ramadan is the month in which the Quran was revealed. But how many times does Allah mention Ramadan in the Quran? How many times? 
You can count it on your fingers of one hand. There you go. <laughs> but how many times has he mentioned taqwa? Countless times. MashaAllah. You have the exact figure? Alhamdulillah. You've been paying attention, MashaAllah. It's a very good audience. May Allah bless you all and increase your knowledge. Ameen. Allah has mentioned taqwa countless times. When it comes to dhikr, Allah is mentioning it time and time again. Why does Allah mention something so many times? Because it's important, my dear brothers and sisters. You know, you and I as human beings, when we interact with each other, when there's some important matter that we have between us and another human being, we repeat ourselves, right? With our children, we time and time again, did you do your homework? Did you study for your exams? Are you sure you did your homework? Can I check your homework? I'm going to make sure you did your homework. Did you study for your exams? Come here, I want to test you and make sure. Are you absolutely sure? Are you ready for... We keep on... You know, even the children say, oh, my parents start singing a song. It's the exam song or the homework song. They go on and on and on about it. Why do parents go on and on about it? Because it's important. How many times do parents say, did you play today? How many times did you play today? Are you sure you played today? You must play today. How many times do the parents do that? Right? But we do it with regards to other things that are important to us. Right? With regards to Ramadan, Ramadan is going to come. It is the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And fasting Ramadan will happen because Allah has given us the strength to do so. The reality is it is Allah who blesses us to fast. Ramadan is easy. Fasting is easy. But taqwa is difficult. So Allah says taqwa, 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 taqwa. That that understand that the essence of your fast is taqwa. Even here, my dear brothers and sisters, Allah says dhikr, dhikr, dhikr. Why? It's important and it's not very easy. And you and I know, my dear brothers and sisters, how many, how many minutes we spend in traffic. I mean, Kuala Lumpur is well known, right? For its traffic. How many hours you spend in traffic? And how many, what proportion would you say you spent in, in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during that time? Sometimes you're cooking a meal. Or you're waiting for somebody in the, for a meeting. And instead of remembering Allah, you're humming a tune to some jingle you heard at the supermarket in the morning. Right? Which means what? Dhikr is hard. So Allah says, remember Allah and remember Him a lot. And after you finish worshipping Him, He says, remember me again. After you finish on Arafah, the whole day you've been remembering Allah, the whole day you haven't thought of anything else. You saw people worshipping Allah. You were competing with other people to worship Allah. You were in white clothes and feeling sweaty and dusty and humbled. You didn't think about anything. You asked and begged and begged Allah. Allah says after that, when you go to Muzdalifa, remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, remember me. After we worship him, after you pray salah, remember Allah. After you commanded to go and work, remember Allah. Because remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is hard. So understand that when the Quran commands you to it and constantly encourages you to it, understand how important it is, my dear brothers and sisters. Especially in light of the opening of our discussion, that it is only in the remembrance of Allah that your heart will find peace. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ala inna lil jasadi mudghah, that there is nothing about your body except a piece of flesh. If this piece of flesh is wet, is soft, is fresh, is pure, your entire body, your entire character, all your actions will be pure. And if it's spoilt and is rotten and is hard, then everything about you will be evil and will be rotten and will be spoilt. And he said, Ala wahiya al qalb, indeed this piece of flesh is the heart. So if the heart is the one aspect we have to look after, 
Because the salvation of the IQ, which is your brain, the PQ, which is your body, the EQ, which is your heart, and the SQ, which is your soul, if the salvation of all these entities are based on the correctness of your heart, and Allah tells you that there is no way for your heart except in the remembrance of Allah, then it's, it's really appropriate that the Sharia commands us to it time and time again and encourages us towards it time and time again. May Allah make us from those that remember Him uh, in earnest. Ameen. Ya Rabbil Alameen. My dear brothers and sisters, dhikr is something that was understood by the pious predecessors before us. And there's books written on it. In fact, a famous book is a book by Imam Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah. It's called... In fact, it's an entire book dedicated towards remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's called Al-Wabil As-Sayyib, min al-Kalimat Tayyib. This is a book by Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah. And in it, he says, and by the way, it's published in the Arabic language. And there's, I came across a, a translation of, of it. I don't know if it's an abridged translation or if it's a complete translation. I don't have the book. I haven't come across the book physically. But there's a book that's online called Invocation of God. And it's, a, it's, it's said to be a translation of Al-Wabil As-Sayyib of Ibn Al-Qayyim Rahimahullah. In this particular book, Ibn Al-Qayyim Rahimahullah, he says that there are over 100 benefits to dhikr. This is what he says. I wished he listed all of them because from my humble count, I got to about 70 benefits. Right? But he said there's over 100. Right? And no doubt, even if he didn't say there's over 100, we shouldn't ever feel shy to say, yes, there are over 100. We feel bold enough to do so. Because if Allah commands us towards it so many times, there has to be even a thousand benefits or even more. Uh, in this book, he mentions at least 70 from my count. Fawaid, virtues of remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Obviously, the scope of this discussion doesn't allow me to go through all of them and the thinness of my voice as well doesn't allow that. But I will share some, my dear brothers and sisters. So what are the virtues of dhikr? Number one, dhikr. Dhikr assists you against an enemy that Allah told you to take as an enemy. Allah told us that shaitan is our enemy. He said, That indeed shaitan to mankind is a clear enemy. And Allah says, That indeed shaitan is an enemy to you, and Allah commands you to take him as an enemy. So, if you look after dhikr, you're following another command of Allah, which is to take shaitan as an enemy. Why? Because dhikr dispels shaitan. Dhikr dispels shaitan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That indeed the people of taqwa, when the whispers of shaitan and the armies of shaitan come to them, tadakkaru, dhikr, they remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, faidahum mubsirun, and as a result, they settle upon the planes of perception. They don't fall prey to the whispers of shaitan when they remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is from the benefits and virtues of dhikr, that it protects you from our clear enemy, the enemy that Allah commanded us to take as an enemy. And Allah says in another surah, Whoever turns away from the remembrance of Allah, the merciful, we assign an evil one as a comrade and as a companion to that person. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from evil jinn and evil spirits and the evil eye and the plots of magicians. Ameen. Ya Rabbil Alameen. We seek Allah's protection 
for through every second of our life and during every second of our life against all evil we seek Allah's protection from all evil so Allah says whoever leaves Allah's remembrance Allah will leave a evil companion to surround this person and to be part of this person's life and if your friend circle is an evil one then your end will only be an evil one. And that is why Allah commands us in the Quran to have a truthful friend circle. For He says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu attaqullaha wa kunu ma'as-sadiqeen that O oh, you who believe, O oh, you who believe, be God conscious of Allah wa kunu ma'as-sadiqeen and have a truthful, righteous friend circle. So the dhikr of Allah protects you against shaitan. And we know from the remembrances of Allah are those remembrances that are dedicated towards asking Allah to protect us from all evil. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam taught us to recite these adhkar every morning and every evening. And some of them after every salah from ayatul kursi. To qul huwa Allahu ahad. To qul a'udhu bi rabbil falak. To qul a'udhu bi rabbil nas. To bismillahilladhi la yadurru ma'asmihi shay'un fil ardi wa la fil samaa. Wa huwa sami'ul alim. Now, uh, uh, from, from the adhkar, أعوذ بكلمات الله التامات من شر ما خلق إلى آخره towards, I mean there's so many adhkar taught to us by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with regards to this. So the first virtue of dhikr is protection from this shaytan that doesn't want any good for us, only wants to harm us. In fact, in the next surah, after surah al-Ra'ad, we have surah Ibrahim. And in surah Ibrahim, subhanallah, and Allah just made me remember this right now, Subhanallah. In Surah Ibrahim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, tells us about a conversation that will happen between shaitan and the people who have been destined to, for Jahannam. When, this, when everything has been decreed and the people of Jannah are decided and the people of Jahannam are decided, shaitan will say, Inna Allah wa'adakum wa'ad al-haqq that indeed Allah, He made a true covenant with you and He shared with you a true promise and I also gave you my covenant and my promise and you went against the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is you who left the true covenant. Then He says, he goes, I never ever, I never had any controlling facility over you except the facility except the facility to whisper to you to do bad things and you answered my whispers. So don't blame me, but blame yourself. This is what shaitan will say on the day of Qiyamah. So many signs in the Quran to take shaitan as an enemy. Inna shaytana. That indeed shaitan to you is an enemy. Thus take him as an enemy. May Allah protect us from shaitan. Ameen. So from the virtues of dhikr, my dear brothers and sisters, is protection from shaitan. Number one. Number two, from the virtues of dhikr, is that dhikr is a cure to the believers and a mercy for the believers. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ شِفَاءُ وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ and we have revealed from this Qur'an that which is a cure and a mercy to the believers. To the believers, to those who have declared Allah as one and those who have accepted the prophecy of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
So Allah, Allah says in this Quran is a cure and a mercy and no doubt my dear brothers and sisters the best dhikr is the recitation of the Quran and we find this in the Sharia that the best dhikr after the Quran is la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la ila akhirihi that the best dhikr after the Quran which means what? That the best dhikr is what? The Quran. So the Quran is dhikr as well and Allah tells us in many ayat teaches us that the Quran is dhikr. For example, Allah says, That it is we who have revealed the dhikr, meaning the Qur'an, and we will protect it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That the one who turns away from the dhikr, dhikr here means the Qur'an. So from the names of the Qur'an is a dhikr. Because no doubt it is the best of the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says the one who turns away from the dhikr, then for this person is a depressed life. A life which is narrow and restricted and filled with sorrow and sadness. And on the day of qiyamah, Allah will raise this person blind. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So the Quran is dhikr. And Allah says that this dhikr is a cure and mercy for the believers. So from the virtues of dhikr, my dear brothers and sisters, is to receive the mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to receive this cure, the cure for our hearts and the cure for our ailments. We know that the Qur'an is used to dispel black magic. The Qur'an is used to dispel evil eye. The Qur'an is used to dispel other sicknesses as well. The Qur'an is indeed a cure. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us to remember him in earnest. Ameen. The third virtue that I want to share with you regarding dhikr is that dhikr are your plantations in Jannah. Dhikr is your opportunity to plant as many trees in your Jannah before you pass away. Because the Prophet said that dhikr are the seedlings of your Jannah. It's in the hadith of Jabir, Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu anhuma, he says that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, man qala subhanallah, uh, subhanallah, subhanallah al-azim wa bihamdih, whoever says this dhikr, subhanallah al-azim wa bihamdih, this is a seedling for him in his Jannah. Allah plants trees for you, date uh, trees and all the best trees, trees that you've never seen and never heard of and never dreamt of, Allah plants them for you in your Jannah. So how many trees do you want to have in Jannah? Right? It's the decision is up to you. Right? Reward is proportionate to effort. Al-jaza'u min jinsil amal. Reward is proportionate to effort. If you remember Allah much, you'll have the greater gardens and the bigger gardens in Jannah. May Allah bless us with the biggest and best gardens in Jannah. Ameen. From the virtues of dhikr, my dear brothers and sisters, and this is the fourth virtue for today, is that dhikr alleviates difficulty and anxiety. And we know that we live in an age, my dear brothers and sisters, whereby, you know, we are afflicted by things. You know, the, the depressions, anxiety, sorrow, difficulties, and so on and so forth. All right? From the virtues of dhikr is that dhikr helps and assists us in ridding ourselves of these anxieties and sorrows. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al-Safat and other places in his book, he says about Yunus alayhi salam, فَلَوْلَا أَنَّهُ كَانَ مِنَ الْمُسَبِّحِينَ that if it wasn't that he was from amongst those that praised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and glorified Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he would have remained in the belly of the whale until the day of judgment and the day of resurrection. So he was the one who in that difficulty, 
he constantly remembered Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, La ilaha illa ant, subhanaka inni kuntum min al-zalimeen. He remembered Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He remembered Allah abundantly. And thus it was a means of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saving him. So this is from the virtues of dhikr. From the virtues of dhikr, and this is the fifth, fifth virtue for, for this particular sitting, is that, my dear brothers and sisters, it is a means to attain the bounties of this life. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Nuh about the da'wah of Nuh alayhi salam and that Nuh said to his people, فَقُلْتُ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ غَفَّارًا يُرْسِلِ السَّمَاءُ عَلَيْكُمْ مِدْرَارًا وَيُمْدِدْكُمْ بِأَمْوَالٍ وَبَنِينَ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ جَنَّاتٍ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ أَنْهَارًا Allah says, tells us about the da'wah of Nuh. And Nuh said to his people that remember Allah, seek forgiveness from Allah. And if you do so, Allah will send down upon you abundant rain from the skies for you. And he will provide for you wealth abundant wealth and he will provide for you children and he will provide for you gardens and rivers subhanallah so from the virtues of dhikr my dear brothers and sisters is that dhikr is a means for us to attain for us to attain the mighty blessings that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has in store for us for those who live the life of this world the sixth virtue of dhikr my dear brothers and sisters is that dhikr is a means of being forgiven and it is a means for us to attain Abundant rewards. It is a means for us to be forgiven and attain abundant rewards. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in his book uh, regarding this point, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that those who remember Allah abundantly from the males and the females, then Allah has prepared for these people a great forgiveness and a great reward. A mighty reward. These are from the virtues of dhikr. One other virtue we can share, my dear brothers and sisters, is that from the virtues of dhikr, is that it protects you from hypocrisy and it protects you from loss. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya amanu, la tulhikum amwalukum, wala awladukum an dhikrillah, wa man yafal dhalik, fa humul khasirun. Allah says, O oh, you who believe, do not let your wealth and your children distract you from the remembrance of Allah. Do not let the life of this world distract you from the remembrance of Allah. And whoever does so, then this, that person will be uh, at a loss. That person will be from the losers. So the opposite of it teaches us that if we do not allow the life of this world to take us away from the remembrance of Allah, then... It, we will be protected from hypocrisy and we will be protected from loss. And the reason why I say hypocrisy is because this ayah is from a surah dedicated uh, towards discussing the hypocrites. The hypocrites of Medina, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from hypocrisy. I hope from these virtues, my dear brothers and sisters, you can appreciate our earlier discussion about how Allah commands us towards dhikr after arafah and commands us towards dhikr after salah and commands us towards dhikr when he commands us towards working, and so on and so forth. You can understand why Allah time and time again speaks about dhikr, encourages us towards dhikr, and so on and so forth. So these are just some of the virtues of dhikr, and we ask Allah to make us from the dhakirun. Ameen. Ya Rabbil Alameen. My dear brothers and sisters, I said to you earlier that in Surah Al-Ra'ad, Allah didn't say, Allah didn't say that those who believe and remember Allah Allah didn't say that. Rather, He said, 
وتطمئنوا ايوه واس دي ايه الذين امنوا وتطمئنوا القلوب بذكر الله right الله he didn't say that for those who believe and remember Allah he said for those who believe and practice this practice that can assist your heart like nothing else can remember that discussion Allah is not telling us that your heart will be revived with dhikr and other than dhikr. Allah is telling us in this ayah that there is nothing else that can help your heart besides dhikr. And we spoke about the importance of the heart and why we need to look after this heart with dhikr. Because Allah has told us that nothing will assist your heart besides the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, before I end off my dear brothers and sisters, Ramadan is coming. And just to be true to the theme of this particular conference, uh, because it's dedicated towards preparing us for Ramadan. And no doubt Ramadan is a springboard to launch ourselves from, right? And we must make an intention to be from the Zakirun in Ramadan and for the remainder of our lives. And use Ramadan to launch ourselves onto the podium of those that are considered to be from the Zakirun. So before we end, I just want to share with you some action points that ta'ala you can consider action points for Ramadan and attached to dhikr that perhaps you can uh, consider uh, to be part of your Ramadan, this Ramadan bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. I'm just going to share three. Number one, number one, make a severe and serious attempt to be from the family of Al-Quran. Because Ramadan is the month of Al-Quran. And we just discussed earlier how the best dhikr is the recitation of the Quran. And how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has named the Quran dhikr as well. Right? Right? These are ayat in which Allah refers to the Quran using this term dhikr. So make sure this Ramadan you use the month of Al-Quran to be even more diligent with the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I'm not asking you to burn yourselves out, but I'm telling you to strategize and put a good plan in place by which you will burn yourself in. Right? And I mentioned this to our brothers and sisters in Dubai yesterday. Because what happens is a lot of times we see people who are so gassed up before Ramadan comes. They're so excited. And say, I'm going to read the whole juz every day in Ramadan. And you say, brother, how many uh, pages of the Quran do you read now? And he'll probably scratch his head because he doesn't have an answer to that particular question. So don't live in the dream world. Live in the real world. Right? So... Be from the family of Al-Quran, but strategize well. Strategize well so you burn yourself in. It's not a case whereby you start doing one juz, and by the third or fourth day in Ramadan, you lose steam, and then a week or two goes, and you haven't opened the Quran, and then you fall into regret, and then you pick yourself up, because now the last ten days of, uh, nights of Ramadan are coming, and you say, you know what? In the last ten nights, I'm going to read one juz every day. No. Learn from your past mistakes. Put a good plan in place where you burn yourself in. Maybe start with a quarter. It might take you a good few days to get used to it. If you're good with a quarter, now increase it to a half. Try it out. If it's too much, do a quarter and a quarter of a half. When you get used to it, take on another quarter. Make it two, um, two quarters, so you're doing half a juice, right? And maybe perhaps by the end of Ramadan, you'll now have burnt yourself in and trained yourself to read a juice a day. And this is a beautiful thing. If you are able to complete the Quran every 30 days, this is a wonderful thing for you, my dear brothers and sisters. And as such, you will enjoy the virtues that we've shared. So make a plan this Ramadan to be from the family of Ramadan after Ramadan. Because remember, 
The Lord of Ramadan is the Lord of the other months of the year. And unfortunately, we also have this bad habit where we worship Allah in Ramadan. And then after Ramadan, we say it's the day of Eid. And now we take five or six days holiday from worshiping Allah. And then we never get back into things. Allahul Musta'an. So do not be deceived by shaitan. So that's number one. Number two, look after Jumu'ah. Why am I saying look after Jumu'ah? And what's its relationship to, to dhikr? Well, earlier I told you that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Jumu'ah, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِذَا نُودِيَ لِلصَّلَاةِ مِنْ يَوْمِ الْجُمُعَةِ فَاسْعُوا إِلَىٰ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَذَرُوا الْبَيْعِ ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that O oh, you who believe when the call to Salatul Jumu'ah arrives on the day of Jumu'ah then leave everything and make your way to the dhikr of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls Salatul Jumu'ah dhikr. He names it dhikr. So from the names of Jumu'ah and Salatul Jumu'ah is dhikr. So this Ramadan, revive your Fridays and put a plan to make your Fridays uh, uh, even better than the Fridays you've practiced before, right? Put a plan in place because Ramadan is the day of Eid in the week of a believer. In the hadith of uh, Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu in Sahih Muslim, in Sahih Muslim he says that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, أَفْضَلُ يَوْمٍ طَلَعَتْ عَلَيْهِ الشَّمْسِ يَوْمَ الْجُمُعَةِ فيه خلق آدم وفيه أدخل الجنة وفيه أخرج منها ولا تقوم الساعة إلا في يوم الجمعة. He says the best day upon which the sun rises is the day of Jumu'ah. On this day Allah created Adam and on this day Allah entered him into paradise and on this day Allah removed him from paradise and the coming of the hour will not happen except on a Friday except on the day of Jumu'ah. Right? So since we're talking about dhikr and we're talking about Ramadan I know you have your action points. I'm going to throw in three more. If it hasn't been, if it's part of your plan, alhamdulillah. If not, think about it, right? In terms of taking action points from this topic on dhikr. And this ayah, ayah number 28 from Surah Al-Ra'ad. Try and revive your Friday. Make sure you increase your salutations upon the Prophet ﷺ. Because he told us that Allah presents our salutations to him. Right? Now how embarrassing is it that from the ummah of the Prophet wasallam are those who are presenting hundreds of thousands of salutations and you are coming with one or two or ten or zero. Right? So think about this. That this day, attach yourself to the sunnah in, a, in an even greater way. And also remember that you will benefit and you will be rewarded. Because he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, مَنْ صَلَّ عَلَيَّ صَلَاةً وَاحِدَةً صَلَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ بِهَا عَشْرًا That whoever sends one salutation upon me, then Allah will do the same upon him times ten. So we only stand to benefit, my dear brothers and sisters. So increase your salutations. Don't forget to recite Surah Kahf. Make sure it's part and parcel of your Fridays this Ramadan. And continue it after Ramadan. There's great virtues in the recitation of Surah Kahf in your week. Also, look after the etiquettes of Friday. All the etiquettes taught to us by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And don't be from those people who disregard a sunnah only because it's a sunnah. Be like the sahaba who practiced the sunnah because it was a sunnah, right? So look after the etiquettes in terms of your bathing, your dressing, how you smell, how you make your way to the masjid. Go to the masjid early. We know that the one who goes in the first hour, he gets the rewards of giving a camel for the sake of Allah. And the one who goes in the second hour gets the reward of giving a cow. And the one who goes in the third gets the reward of giving 
uh, a sheep and the one who goes in the fourth gets the reward of giving a chicken and then an egg. You want to make sure you're giving the most to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So revive these etiquettes, the etiquettes uh, pertaining to the day of Jumu'ah. Also, my dear brothers and sisters, look after that special dua that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa taught us. On a Friday, he said there's an hour in which if a believer raises his hand, his dua will never go rejected. And the scholars have explained this hour to be the last hour on a Friday. Revive that hour by raising your hands and begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and asking from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's point number two. We said, number one, be from the family of Al-Quran. Number two, be from the family of Jumu'ah. Number three, seek knowledge and attach yourself, my dear brothers and sisters, to the people of knowledge. Why, my dear brothers and sisters? And what's its relevance to our discussion on dhikr? Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ إِلَّا رِجَالَ النُّوحِ إِلَيْهِمْ فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Allah says that we have sent uh, messengers before you, or we have not sent messengers before you except men that revelation came to. And then Allah addresses us and says, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ Ask the people of knowledge if you don't know. And Allah calls them the people of dhikr. The people of dhikr. They are the people of knowledge. So as an action point in your attachment to dhikr from this Ramadan, attach yourself to the scholars. Right? And these scholars are the people who hold the revelation of the Anbiya alayhim, uh, the, the inheritance of the Anbiya alayhim salatu wassalam. For the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, if my memory serves me right, this is the hadith of Abu Darda. If, if, if I've forgotten, then may Allah forgive me. He says, إِنَّ الْعُلَمَاءُ وَرَثَةُ الْأَنْبِيَاءُ وَإِنَّ الْأَنْبِيَاءَ لَمْ يُوَرِّثُوا دِينَارًا وَلَا دِرْهَمًا وَرَّثُوا الْعِلْمَةِ that indeed the scholars are, they are the inheritors of the prophets. And the prophets never left behind gold and silver coins. Rather, they left behind beneficial knowledge. And that is why when Abu, after the prophet wasallam passed away, Abu Hurairah radiallahu an, he went to the marketplace and he said, Woe to you traders. The inheritance of Rasulullah wasallam. <coughs> The inheritance of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is being distributed in his masjid. And you guys are here. So they closed their stalls and rushed to the masjid. And when they went there, they didn't see any money being distributed. Rather, they saw circles of knowledge, circles of students learning with the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So they said, where, where is the distribution? He said to them again, Woe unto you, can you not see these circles of knowledge here? This is where the distribution of the inheritance of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam happens. Attach yourself to knowledge. Knowledge protects you, my dear brothers and sisters. But wealth you have to protect. And when you spend your wealth, it decreases. Unless you spend it for the sake of Allah. But if you spend knowledge and teach it to other people, it increases. Knowledge is a mighty wealth that you need to have. And in looking at this topic of dhikr, as an action point, this Ramadan, attach yourself to the scholars and increase your knowledge and Allah will make your path to Jannah easier. When salaka tariqan yaltamisu fihi ilman, sahal Allahu lahu bihi tariqan ilal jannah. That whoever treads a path seeking Islamic knowledge, Allah will make his or her path to Jannah easy. Allah says also in Surah Al-Furqan, fas'al bihi khabira. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here again teaches us that the scholars, they are the people of dhikr. My dear brothers and sisters, <clears throat> and my dear 
elders, brothers, and friends, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from the family of dhikr and to make us truly intelligent. For indeed, Allah has described the family of dhikr as the intelligent ones. It is Allah who says, Allah says, It's the fourth juz. Just before the last quarter, Allah says, indeed, in the creation of the heavens and the earth and in the differences of the night and the day, there are signs for the intelligent ones. Who are these intelligent ones here, Allah? Allah says, الَّذِينَ يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ قِيَامًا Allah says they are those who remember Allah qiyaman while standing وَقُعُودًا while sitting وَعَلَى جُنُوبِهِمْ whilst laying These are the intelligent ones May Allah make us from the intelligent people My dear brothers and sisters, Amin. My dear brothers and sisters, Allah says in his book وَلَا ذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ Allah says أُتْلُ مَا أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ وَأَقِمِ الصَّلَةِ this is Surah Al-Ankabut, uh, insha'Allah. أُطْلُ مَا أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ وَأَقِمِ الصَّلَاةِ إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ تَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ That the remembrance of Allah is great. The scholars of Tafsir say that this ayah, وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ or this portion teaches us that the dhikr in your salah is the greatest part of your salah, the recitation of the Qur'an and the remembrance of Allah. And other scholars of tafsir have added to this and they have said that Allah is saying that Allah not neglecting you because you have remembered Him is better for you than your remembrance of Him. And this is a fact because Allah tells us about those Allah tells us about those who forgot about Allah. They never remembered Allah. So Allah left them to be. Allah left them to be. Which means what? If you remember Allah, Allah will always be with you. And He will not leave you to be. And this is better for you than your remembrance of Allah. Allah Akbar. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the family uh, of a dhikr. Last but not least, my dear brothers and sisters, just to put some completion here, because Allah ends the ayah by saying, And we started speaking about the heart. To end it off, let's talk about the heart very quickly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us in, in, in His book that nothing waters the heart, and nothing softens the heart, and nothing blesses the heart besides the remembrance of Allah. In Surah Al-Hadid, Allah says, أَلَمْ يَأْنِ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَن تَخْشَعَ قُلُوبُهُمْ لِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ لِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَمَا نَزَلَ مِنَ الْحَقِّ Allah says, has a time not come. أَلَمْ يَأْنِ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Has a time not come for you, O believer. Has a time not come for the believers. أَن تَخْشَعَ قُلُوبُهُمْ For their hearts to be in awe of Allah. For their hearts to have this, this uh, fear with respect of Allah. For their hearts to be in awe of Allah. Because of this revelation, this dhikr, this remembrance of Allah and this revelation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent. Has a time not come for your hearts to be awakened? And then Allah says, وَلَا Allah says, and do not be like the people before you. Do not be like them. They became victims of time. They became attached to the, to the deceptive life of this world. 
They forgot about the hereafter. They began living life till the grave and not till beyond the grave. And the net result of that was that their hearts became hardened. And when your heart becomes hardened, you will become a sinner. Thus most of them were sinners. There's nothing worse than a, than a hard heart, my dear brothers and sisters. May Allah protect us from these hearts. There's nothing worse than it. In Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah tells us this, you know, about the... About the hearts of those before that Allah is talking about in this ayah. Right? Allah tells us about them. Allah says, Then your hearts became hard. It was like a stone. Allah says, Oh, It was harder than a stone. Because there's nothing worse and harder than a hard heart. You get benefit from a hard rock, but you won't get benefit from a hard heart. Allah describes for us rocks in the Quran. Allah says, Allah says, and as for rocks, they are rocks from which streams spring out. They benefit you. And from rocks are those rocks which water comes out when they are split open. They benefit you. And from rocks are those rocks that you see flowing down, rolling down the hills out of the fear and out of being in awe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La ilaha illallah. And Allah says, And Allah is not unaware of that which you do. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala aspire, make us people who, are, who, who aspire to inspire, to be inspirational to ourselves and other people. Ameen. May Allah forgive our past. And bless our futures. Indeed, we have been, we've lacked diligence with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for blessing us to have this discussion. We ask, we thank Allah for blessing us to have this discussion. It is a mercy from Allah that this discussion can happen. And thus we don't become sad. Rather, we turn to Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, the most forgiving, the most merciful, who will forgive everything and anything. As long as we turn to him before we die. Yabna Adam Law Balagat Dunubuka Anani Sama Thumastagfartali Lagafartuha Lakawala Ubali. Allah says, O son of Adam, if you sinned and sinned, that your sins reached the clouds, the surfaces of the skies. Thumastagfartali, then you turn to Allah and sought forgiveness from Allah. Lagafartuha Lakawala Ubali. I will forgive your sins for you and it won't matter to me. Alhamdulillah. We turn to Allah and we ask Allah to forgive our past. In fact, we ask Allah to reward us as if we spent our past remembering Him. Wallahi, it's easy for Allah to give us. It's easy for Allah to give us. And we ask Allah from now to assist us to be able to give due diligence to this concept of dhikr and remembering Him. And we ask Allah to protect our hearts. May Allah bless us all, bless us with good health. Bless us with Ramadan and make this Ramadan our best Ramadan. And may Allah bless us with many, many more Ramadans after this. May Allah gather us in Jannah with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I told you when I got off the plane, uh, just before this talk, I lost my voice. And the brothers were saying, should we cancel? And I said, you know what? Just give me some honey, because Allah said it's a cure. And when I say, Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inu, when I say we praise Allah and we seek His assistance, Allah will give me enough voice to continue. Alhamdulillah, I think you all heard what I had to say. Bismillah. I love you all for the sake of Allah, my dear brothers and sisters. Remember me in your dua as well. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi jama'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.